Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Welcome to the 5 o'clock show. It's time for Common Sense. Now, it's Cats and Cosby with John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby standing for truth, justice, and the American way. Bringing common sense to the world. Now, here's John Katsimatidis and Rita Cosby. Well, breaking news, WABC. Well, the commissioner, uh, Keenan Sewell, is out. Yeah, Keyshawn Sewell resigning minutes ago. This is huge news, John. Big breaking news. I mean, uh, uh, Peter King, uh, Congressman King, you're very close to her. I have known Keyshawn for years. It's a terrible loss for the city. She is as good a commissioner as we ever had. I don't think anyone's ever been more popular with the rank and file. She had a lot of obstacles to overcome all around her. But she fought as hard as anyone did. She did a great job. And this is a terrible loss. I don't know what the mayor was thinking of or other people at one police plaza were thinking. This is a terrible loss for the city. Keyshawn Sewell is incredibly professional, hardworking, 24-7, a real cop who has excelled at everything she's ever done, including being the NYPD commissioner. Uh, Judge Weinberg, we were there. We had a police athletic league luncheon about two weeks ago, and Keyshawn uh, was the uh, guest speaker. But it looked like she she was uh, giving a uh, speech that was seven. It was seven minutes long, and it was like taken out of the dictionary. That's interesting. I think it's a. <clears throat> I think Congressman King is absolutely right. It's a real loss. She's an absolute professional. Beloved by the rank and file, a real leader. I don't think, by the way, my own opinion is that this wasn't a fight coming out of uh, one police plaza. I think this was a city hall fight. I think this is a politics and the dimensions of well, who's trying to get control. There's some more breaking news uh, that uh, this is not verified. So this is just uh, breaking news from some top cops that I know. Uh, the new police commissioner would be Edward Caban. Oh, that's uh, he's a good friend. Uh, I know yeah. him well. Yeah. Uh, he was the first uh, Latino, uh, uh, first deputy uh, commissioner or something. He's come actually to a couple of our events, John, WABC events. I know exactly who he is. He's a good guy. Uh, but I will say this is a huge loss. I just also want to say Keyshawn Tool put out a statement uh, just a few minutes ago. And, John, she said, since I joined you. Almost a year and a half ago, we have faced tremendous tragedy, challenges, triumphs together. Uh, just as a woman, I thought she was, I thought she was amazing. I thought she was so elegant and eloquent. I think about the speeches she gave. Remember when those two officers right, exactly. were executed? Yeah. Her speech was so powerful, um, and such a huge supporter of the men and women in blue. Um, I just thought she was amazing, and I've, I've had the chance of seeing her and meeting her a number of times, John. Uh, real class act, and what a huge loss, huge no, loss. It really is. I mean, she's such a talent, such a dedicated person. And, uh, again, it was really a, it's a, a, a real misfortune for the city if she's not going to be there. Yeah, big, big change, big change. And it's so important. And it comes at a time, guys, where crime is skyrocketing. We're dealing with so many issues with the economy. I mean, I think about Judge Weinberg. Think about a time right now where you want stability. And, and, and I thought she was a strong hand. She was always 
hugely supportive of the men and women in blue. There was never gray. Sometimes you wondered the politics of other mm-hmm. people, but she was always a stalwart. She understood the public safety issue, and she understood the relationship between having public safety in the city and the very survival of this great city of ours. She was also the only active commissioner ever honored by the PBA. Wow. And that, and that tells you a lot. It says a lot. That tells you a lot. Pete, you also knew, got to know her personally, too, as you brought up through the years. Tell oh, us yeah. a little bit about, I mean, I always thought she was gutsy. She came out. She was. I thought she was just so articulate. Well, she worked in one of the toughest precincts in Nassau County. She was a, a hostage negotiator, went to the FBI Academy. I met her when she was head of the gangs unit, and she did an outstanding job. And then she became chief of detectives. And everyone who's worked with you can't find anybody in Nassau County who doesn't love her. And everyone I've spoken to, the career cops, the top-level people, the cops on the street, they have the greatest, greatest respect for her, for what she's done with the NYPD, that she's been a true leader. And I had one very high-ranking police official say that, she is the best commissioner he's ever worked with. He's been on the job for 30 years. Yeah, and that's why I said, Peter, I don't think this was uh, the di- dynamics of the politics of one police plaza. This was the, the dynamics of the politics of City Hall. I, I would think so, yeah. And again, uh, as far as uh, Chief Caban, I've met him several times. I'm not in any way reflecting on him. This to me, it's, it's unfortunate, though, that uh, Keyshawn won't be there. Because it's going to be a loss for the city. Nobody should, should feel sorry for Keyshawn. She's going to go on. She can go on to much bigger and better things. It's the city I feel sorry for. Yeah, that, that's a great point because I think she is so talented. Yeah. She's so poised. She's so articulate. I agree with you. I think she's got a hugely bright future, don't you think? I mean, I, I think, think a lot so. of people I think are going to. She can get a job anywhere. And, uh, uh, and uh, she was a very talented lady. And. I think it's a loss to our city. Yeah, I think it is an enormous, but enormous look, loss. we got to move on. And like I told you, the rumor is that the new uh, uh, commissioner will probably... Uh, Edward Caban, Edward right? Edward Caban. I know him well. I was uh, uh, I was police captain for a day, and his precinct was in Harlem. And uh, I remember him picking me up, and we were going to drive around. And he says, you know, we haven't had a murder in three years. In this precinct. I said, that's great news. Uh, the phone call goes off. And it's a murder. It's a murder. And we went up to 121st Street by the projects there. And there lay uh, this this soul dead. I mean, I was just, it's, it was a horrifying people, people do not understand how tough a job it is. To be a member of the a police force. Yeah. Absolutely. By the way, I well, want to say, move on. yeah, we're waiting for Kimberly Guilfoy. She's going to be with us in a second, John. Okay. Um, and I want to say something too. And Pete, you were at yeah. the Intel Committee as you were just talking about law enforcement. I did something very somber uh, yesterday, and I'm so glad I did it. It was so important. I went to the 9/11 Memorial Museum. I'd not been inside. I covered a lot of Bin Laden. Right. I covered a lot of obviously I lost friends in 9/11, as so many of us did. Um, everybody in America and every young kid needs to go to that museum because every future generation should never forget it. And, and, I, and Pete, you just testified last week yeah, about I, the threat. Yeah, I was called back to testify before the Intelligence Committee. I had been chairman of Homeland Security. I was on the Intelligence Committee. I was called back as a former member to testify about what the, uh, the committee should be focusing on now. And I said, listen, all the problems in the world, focus on all of them. But please don't take your eye off Islamist terrorism. It's the same threat today it was on September 10th. 2001. All right, guys. And I understand now we've got Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, Kimberly joining us now, of course, a a very close aide to the former president. We have turmoil in New York City. We got turmoil in Washington. What do you have for us? 
Well, I'll tell you, it's really true. And I had a great conversation with the president, Don Jr., and I did last night. Spirits are very, very good, um, despite these unfortunate circumstances, despite these um, unrelenting, unprecedented attacks against them. And, you know, look, as a family, we're standing strong. Um, We're obviously upset about what's going on, but we're not defeated. We're only emboldened by the fact that there is such a groundswell of support for the president. People are really uh, coming on board because even if people were a little bit on the fence saying, oh, I don't know about the tweets or about this or that, you know, that he's a tough fighter and he's aggressive. Well, guess what? You see why, because every single thing that he said uh, was a sham indictment, witch hunt, investigation to persecute, out to get him. He's been vindicated. And that will be the case with this as well. And I tell you, the former prosecutor, uh, you know, people say, Kimberly, what do you think of what's going to happen here? I said, let me tell you something. This is unprecedented that they're going after him and utilizing something so antiquated as the Espionage Act. It is not applicable. The president has the power, the right, the authority under the Presidential Records Act to be able to declassify documents that were created during his presidency. I'll tell you, didn't have the authority to do so. Uh, Joe Biden, because he wasn't president, uh, president at the time. So this all, you know, preceded for him his time in the office. But that's the guy that should be investigated and impeached, not to mention the bribery and corruption scandals. And that coming out the exact day, the fact that he got you know, millions of dollars for this, um, you know, improper foreign dealing and influence the same time that they decide to release this indictment against the president. It's just, it's shameful, but American people are seeing through it and they're coming on board. And it's some of the moderates. 76% said the American people said it's pure political. 12% said, no, it's not political. And 12% says it's either or. So it's 76 to 24. Well, and I think it's so transparent. You know, Kim, to me, also, I can't believe the first time we're ever going to federally charge a former president in American history is over classified documents. I mean, this is stunning. Yeah, it really is. And people don't like it. They realize that if they can do this and come after President Trump, then... You know, who's next? Any any one of us, quite frankly. Um, and that's that's what we need to do is have the country come together, realize and see this for what it is. President Trump is running away with the lead. OK, in the primary. No one else got a bump when they announced nobody else matters. He will be the nominee. He's a GOP front runner today. He will be tomorrow. He will be on the day that we all decide at the convention on um, that. I'm quite certain of But I'm just trying to stay later focus on the general election. Kimberly, I had ABC, the television network, call me today and tried to use every trick in the book to make me say something, things that I said, I said to you, I said to them, how about the current president of the United States hiring or made sure a a prosecutor was hired to, to fire or to indict his presidential opponent? I said, that's worse than the third world country. I said, you can't make it up. No, it's really true. Imagine this. Joe Biden has weaponized the DOJ with Merrick Garland and Jack Smith to go after President Trump because he is his primary political rival. And because he's worried about the fact that he won't be able to beat him at the ballot box, he's trying to put him in jail. You would think I was talking about Venezuela or Cuba or something back in the day, but I'm talking about the United States of America, and they're doing the same stuff, you know, against Bolsonaro. This is what we see. This has become the new playbook, but it should not be happening in the United States of America. 
It is really dangerous, bad precedent for the republic. This is not what democracy looks like, and this is not what free and fair government agencies that we should be looking up to. Restore the integrity to the FBI, to the DOJ. That's why we need Trump. He's varsity all the way. There's no time for JV. And I said to the guy from ABC uh, Television, I said to the guy, I, I, I can certify that maybe there's some some uh, uh, technical violations here and there, but every president, every vice president, every secretary of state had those technical violations. But, and but John, what I about him? I can certify. I will swear on a hundred Bibles that Donald Trump is not a traitor to the United no. States of America. And also, John, by the way, what about Hillary Clinton? Bill Clinton? I don't want to mention no, names. but 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 okay. I, but there but are other things. Thing. I will certify. That, that he is not a traitor to the United States or to the people of America. Right. And by the way, John, I'm not even talking on the names. What I'm saying is that if you look at the history, just as you're saying, with other people, they have taken documents. They have had classified materials. So you're right. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's a technical thing. It is. I agree it's, with you. That's yeah. what I'm saying. This is outrageous. And, and you know what's amazing, John, too? And, and I will, I will mention names in terms of Biden. Look at the Biden example, John. Biden has had well, who do you papers think all more, over the who Eastern do you think Seaboard. Is more guilty? Who do you think is more guilty of, of treason if the word treason was it? Well, and I don't like to use the word treason, but so what I not- will say, John, I don't like the idea of like papers strewn around the, by Corvette where Hunter Biden's hanging out. I got a lot of problems right. with that. Boy. Where do you get the money for the Corvette, by the way? <laughs> yeah, from uh, which country, right, Kim? Yeah, well, I don't know, from one of, you know, Hunter's proceeds from his fabulous Picasso paintings, please. <laughs> I know, that, and, and that's the thing, Kim. It came, you brought up the point, Kimberly Guilfoyle, um, and we love having you here on the show, Kim. You know, we're sitting here talking about the same day that that document, we had Nancy Mace on the show, remember, John, last week? And she comes out and says, I saw this document. It says $5 million for basically the big guy and $5 million for his son, and yet, there's no evidence in there that basically Trump actually gave documents to a foreign power. There's no information of that whatsoever. May I interrupt? Yes. May I interrupt to tell you this? It's now breaking on uh, on Fox News now that Holder, the former Attorney General, Obama's Attorney General, who was in fact in contempt of of the Congress. And they never went after him. The Obama Justice Department never went after him. It's just said that if Donald Trump is elected president, he would hope that Congress would impeach him. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine? Can you imagine somebody who's a chief legal officer in the United States saying something as preposterous as that? And that, a guy who was held in contempt. Right. I mean, the, the hypocrisy <laughs> of this is enormous. And by the way, Kimberly understands this, and I understand this as a former prosecuting judge, that this is a classic example of selective prosecution. If Jack Smith just had issued a report and said these were bad acts done by Donald Trump and saved this whole country, this divisiveness, we'd be far, far better off. And what about also saying like what Comey did? Here's this, but no reasonable prosecutor. Exactly right. Give me a break. It's Banana Republic, yeah. John. It is, and it's got to stop. Give, give Kimberly a, 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 a <laughs> Kimberly, we're going to give you the ability to talk now. <laughs> we're passionate. I know that's the thing, you know, but I'm, I'm passionate as an American, as a first generation uh, a Latino saying, let me tell you something. We need to do better as a country. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. This has to stop. You cannot do this in this country to human beings. It's wrong. We need to have free and fair elections. Do not try to put 
your primary opponent that will crush you into dust on Election Day in jail. That's what Biden is trying to do. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. That's why the number is up to 76, 12 and 12. 76 percent of the American people think it's all politics. 12 percent think that uh, that uh, Trump is guilty and 12 percent think it's a combination of politics and guilt. 100 percent banana republic. Yes, (laughs) it's so true. Kimberly, thank you. We can't can't make fun of other countries now because we got it right here at home. Yeah, sadly. Wow. We look forward to seeing you soon and uh, God bless you and God bless America. Thank Thank you. you. And I'll be with the president tomorrow in Bedminster when he addresses the country. So we look forward to that. We look forward to it. Thank you, Kim, so much. Take care. And by the way, speaking of law and order, John, a big issue today came out that George Soros' son is now planning to be, quote, more political than his father. Uh, so, boy, what does that mean for law and order in America? Well, joining us, we've got Jason Mayares, who is the current <coughs> attorney general of Virginia. He is part of a big organization uh, that is putting law and order basically on the ballot and helping to keep our cities safe across the country, including in Virginia. And uh, Mr. Attorney General, what's your reaction to the stunning news? George Soros' son, 37-year-old Alex Soros, says he's going to spend more money and support basically more progressives, uh, more like Alvin Braggs and others, uh, than his dad. Well, i got to be honest. Thanks so much for having me. It reminded me when I was in the General Assembly where the Democrats got complete control, and I joked with my colleagues, stop daring them to see how liberal they can go because they view it as a competition. They actually view it as a way to even get farther to the left. And that's kind of where we're at. We, we have seen this network of far-left special interest groups that have spent so much money trying to really adopt this this uh, far-left vision in criminal justice reform. And Soros is, has started that. It started about 10 years ago. And his son has now said he's going to be even more political and more active. And that was the whole reason why we set up the Protect Americans Action Fund, is we realized there is nobody in this space protecting these district attorneys. And you all have seen firsthand in New York City what has happened when you have these far-left prosecutors that get elected they essentially can change the, the quality of life in a city overnight. And what has happened is you have these victims that go to court and they literally will see somebody who views themselves more as a social worker than a prosecutor. And it's like having two defense attorneys in the room. They, they have a criminal first victim last mindset and they decide to not prosecute entire categories of crime. And then unsurprisingly, what happens? You see an explosion of crime in these cities. You see quality of life goes down. You see people leave. In Washington, D.C., people aren't wanting to go work in the district because you have a lot of these far-left policies that have been put in place that have made the city less safe. You've seen it in Manhattan. You've seen it in L.A. You've seen it in San Francisco. And that's the whole reason why we Jason, to push back on them. Jason, this is John Katsimatidis. Hey, you know, I, I hate the words left and right. It's I can't, I can't understand why George – I've met George Soros. I've met his son, Alex. Why are they doing it? It's, it's left and right, but they're, they're destabilizing our cities. Why are, are they shorting the bonds? Has anybody, <laughs> what, no, you, you, you laugh, but I'm serious. There's gotta be yeah. a, some reason they're doing it that we haven't come up with. You know, if I were to destabilize Philadelphia, San Francisco is a vast wasteland. If you short the bonds, because the the bonds are never going to pay. 
Well, I, I will tell you, I have looked a lot of what their ideology is and their thinking, and they're think they're in an ideological straitjacket because they never they never measure their success by their results. They measure their success by their intentions, and they have this mindset. I've seen it. They literally write that criminal that criminals are also victims, that they are victims of quote the system, and so violent criminals are actually victims just as the victims of the actual victims of violent crime. So that is their mindset. It doesn't make any sense to me. And they never measure they never measure things by the results. They measure by their intention. So their, quote, intention is to make a criminal justice system, quote, more fair. But they never talk about how is that fair to the victim to see that the person that is, has created such carnage in their life and such pain in their life to get back and have a catch and release program where entire neighborhoods are being victimized. I mean, here's the brass taxes. Study after study after study shows that roughly three to five percent of violent offenders commit close to 50 percent of the violent crime. If you want to lower violent crime, you go after those three to five percent of violent offenders. There's repeat violent offenders and you get them off the street. When you don't do that, that's when violent crime explodes. And they say the only thing you learn from history is nobody learns from history. Every single proposal they push, cashless bail, early release of violent offenders, not prosecuting entire categories of crime. That was all tried in the 1970s with disastrous results in New York and across the country. And we learned a lot of painful lessons. And between 1992 and 2018, violent crime dropped in this country. And it's only gone up because they're adopting the same failed policies they adopted in the 1970s. And now we're having to push back once again. And we're seeing it every day. Um, We are talking to the attorney general of Virginia, Jason Mayares. Judge Weinberg, you got a question for him. Jason, I I think. This organization that you've created and you lead is very, very important because all the big money has been supporting the so-called progressive DA candidates or county uh, county prosecutors. And people have to fight back if they want to keep the cities and the counties safe. So your organization is called Protecting Americans. Is that correct? The yeah, yeah, so protecting, yeah, Protecting Americans Action Fund. And what Soros has done is he realized, hey, I don't have to flip state legislatures or governorship. I can go to certain counties. I could change the district attorney and they won't enforce entire laws. I don't have to change it at the state capitol. They just won't enforce entire categories of law. And it changes overnight the quality of life there. So our job is to go in. And you're right. It's not left or right. It's common sense. Your average American says, hey, we shouldn't let violent criminals back on the street. We should be prosecuting them and getting them off the street. And it's a different mindset. It's common sense. Okay, And also, Jason, one more thing. You've led the charge now on trying to get the Biden administration to enforce the protection of of our borders. Another example of lawlessness by government officials. Will you explain what your case is about? Yeah, well, we have sued them over what's happening at the border. It is chaos. The the total overdose deaths in America in 1992 was roughly 5,000. Total overdose deaths in America last year was 108,000. It's like two Vietnam Wars in 12 months for the number of dead Americans. The Biden administration could find the time to hire 87,000 new IRS agents to audit small businesses, but they can't find the time to hire 87,000 new border agents. And they have literally had a system where if you cross the border illegally, and this seems insane, but this is insane, they cross the border and all they do is they were giving them the equivalent of like a parking ticket saying, please promise to be in court on this date in the year 2025 or 2026. I heard as, and, as long as 2032. Oh, but Jason, so 2032. Yeah, yeah Jason, we're out of time, and we got to yeah. take a hard break for the network. Thank you so much for coming on, and we'll, we'll have you on. Stay on top of things. We want to help you in any way we can. 
And God bless you and God bless America. Let's take that break. And when we come back, we've got Curtis Lewa on deck. Stay with us, everybody. A common sense recap of the day's biggest stories. It's John Katz and Rita Cosby. Katz and Cosby on 77 WABC. Yeah. And welcome back to Katz and Cosby. Uh, joining us now is Curtis Lewa. And uh, Curtis, uh, your thoughts first of all, some crazy crime cases happening, boy. Yeah, no, it's out of control, and you're the first to know, Rita and John and company, that as of June 20th, the overtime that Kathy Hochul, the the governor, had put into effect in the waning days of the campaign to fend off Congressman Lee Zeldin so that you would see a lot of cops doing two or three tours in the subways is over. (laughs) And that means a long, hot summer. It's already bad. And it's already and it's only going to get worse. So are you saying that the it was just uh, politics? Uh, politics that uh, uh, you had a, a police officer in every car and overtime, et cetera, et cetera? Yeah. And the police officers were complaining that they were it was forced overtime, sometimes two, three shifts. They couldn't get home. Uh, it was only supposed to I be guess temporary. what does a police officer make overtime? I mean, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. But after a while, you got to get home. You got to get back to a normal, uh, a normal shift. You have kids. You have other responsibilities. And the money is over. There's now, no more money in the state. For well, we have, we have the commissioner has uh, resigned. Uh, the rumor around is that uh, uh, first commissioner uh, uh, Eddie Caban is going to be the new police commissioner. Have you heard that? Yes, he is the new police commissioner. I've known Eddie Caban for many, many years, going back to Sunset Park. We uh, we help the same children's charity. He is a devoted man. He knows the streets. He has the respect of the men and women in the department. And uh, if Sewell had to leave, you couldn't ask for a better person because it is time for a Hispanic. They are the minority majority in the police department and the growing number Mostly Dominican, but a lot of Puerto Ricans. So uh, you're going to see Eddie is going to he's going to be more hands on in the precincts because he came up the hard way. He didn't have it easy. He came out of the projects in the Bronx, uh, Castle Hill, uh, and he had to uh, earn his stripes every step of the way. There was no nepotism. He didn't have any family members involved. giving him No, a he's a good man. I know him, too. He's a very good, very good person. Uh, I was shocked that the. Uh, uh, she resigned so fast. I mean, uh, I commented to Peter King that when she made such a sh- short speech at the Police Athletic League, uh, it looks like it was pre-written for her. Listen, I, I, I think Keyshawn Sewell was as effective and good as any commissioner could be under the circumstances. She's a great lady. And I, I wish that yeah. people who were critical of her would have been critical of those who were keeping her from doing the job she wanted to do. No one could have done a better job in Caban. I have nothing against him at all. But if he doesn't get the support that Keyshawn didn't get, then, again, we go down the same route. She visited every precinct. She was beloved by the rank and file. She's the only active commissioner ever to be honored by the PBA. She was treated badly, and this is unfortunate. She had to be. She had to leave this way because, to me, it's a loss for the city of New York. Curtis? Well, I can tell you, uh, John and Rita and company, uh, Eddie Caban was Eric Adams' driver during the mayoral campaign in his off hours. Mm-hmm. And uh, at one point, I called him and I said, you know, I'd love you to be my police commissioner if I'm lucky enough uh, to become uh, mayor of the city of New York. So 
He's a, he's a good man. He knows the job, and uh, I think you're going to see more rapport with the average men and women in each precinct. That's I don't think anyone can have more rapport than uh, Keyshawn. She visited almost every precinct. She's beloved by the rank and file. The PBA, again, she's the only active commissioner ever honored by the PBA because of her devotion to the men and women in blue and the rank and file. I have nothing against Eddie Caban. I think he can do an excellent job, but I think Keyshawn got a bad deal. Yeah, but I will tell you, it being what it is, you're getting a good police commissioner. And you know me, I haven't been all that friendly towards uh, Eric Adams' appointments. Uh, this is a five-star top-shelf guy. He's going to get the support of the men and women in the street. They won't miss a beat uh, with the departure of Sewell. And I wish her the best of luck in her future endeavors. Car- Curtis, thank you. Thank you uh, so much uh, for coming on. And uh, thanks again. I mean, you're the guy of the streets. You know what's going on in the streets of New York. But thank you. And I'll catch up with you in about six. Ten minutes after six at the at Guardian Angels board meeting. Hey, Curtis, I'm still yes. coming after you. I'm still coming after yes. you, Curtis. <laughs> Bring it on, Peter King. Bring it on. <laughs> Curtis, I'll talk to you so later much. at the Guardian Angels board meeting. Get your high school diploma first. <laughs> Curtis, thanks so much. And everybody, coming up, uh, we are talking about, by the way, the White House flipped and flopped. Now they're confirming there was a spy station in Cuba, courtesy of China. And when was it established, Rita? Well, guess what? They're blaming it on Trump. What a surprise. Like everything else, we're going to talk about that when we come back. With crime running rampant in New York, you need to keep yourself and your family safe. Obtaining your concealed carry firearm licenses can be difficult and time-consuming. That's where MyFirstPistol.com comes in. They'll help you secure your concealed carry license. If you're looking for a pistol, premise, rifle, or shotgun license, call 347-559-7052. 347-559-7052. You must have a valid firearm license issued by the NYPD to purchase, possess, or shoot a handgun or pistol in NYPD. You're commuting home with Katz and Cosby. Now, here's John Katz and and Rita Cosby on 77 WABC. Well, we are back on Katz and Cosby. And, uh, John, last week we were talking about this spy station set up by China in Cuba. And what else was like, oh, no, 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 it doesn't exist. Uh, guess what? It's 90 miles off our coast. I mean, that's why. Now it turns out. It does exist, and they're blaming it, of course, like everything else, like the rain today. They're going to blame on Trump. Uh, and joining us now to talk about all of this is General John Teichart. He's a recently retired U.S. Air Force Brigadier General, national security effort, uh, expert. In Space Force. Yes, and Space Force, which we love, by the way. Uh, General, thanks so much for joining us. What's your reaction now? The White House finally admits. Uh, why did they not tell us the truth last week? Rita, this is starting to follow a dangerous pattern of behavior that I think is the same that the Biden administration followed in Afghanistan and with the Chinese spy balloon, where they first deny the facts and related concerns of the situation, and then they're forced to acknowledge those concerns, and then they downplay those concerns and ultimately blame the Trump administration for those same concerns. And I think it makes us appear unaware and irresolute and untruthful and incapable, and we've got to reverse this trend. General, how dangerous is this? I mean, to me, you know, John and I have been to Cuba. John, you've been a, I've been a couple of times. We both have been a couple of times. I mean, it is right there to have, what are they doing? I mean, what, what is the capability? We understand they're getting like military information. That's exactly like what that spy balloon was trying to do. It is. And we shouldn't expect anything different from China. 
they have this signals intelligence, which means they're soaking up those things that they gather from cell phones and radios. And if you think about what goes on in Florida, we have combatant commands in Tampa and in Miami. We have large training ranges over the water there outside of the coast of Florida. And they're just going to gather every bit of information that they can unless we weigh in strongly with the Cuban government to stop them from doing so. Judge Weinberg, you've got a question for General uh, John Tykert. General, if you're on the inside now giving advice to to the White House and to the Pentagon, what would you tell them to do to try to correct the situation, sir? My strong recommendation is to utilize a variety of our instruments of power, primarily diplomatic and economic, to reestablish that thing that we learned about in history books called the Monroe Doctrine, which means that we strongly rebuff foreign interference in the Western Hemisphere, and we've got to do so by having a strategy for our borders and our hemisphere instead of always worrying about the things that are thousands of miles away. Let's pay attention to the things that are 90 miles away. Uh, Congressman King, uh, you were you were uh, in Washington last week. You were a member of the Intelligence Committee, and you had a lot of experiences. Uh, the uh, Congress invited in the uh, five old members of the Intelligence Committee you want to tell us a little bit about it? Well, we're not that old, John. No, all kidding aside, no, they brought in five, five former members for two reasons. One, to restore uh, some level of bipartisanship to the committee, but also to talk about the, you know, the issues we face today and what's going on in Cuba. I mean, that's, that is real. And I wish the Biden administration wouldn't be trying to blame all this on Donald Trump. The fact is that Cuba is a, a clear and present danger. Dealing with China makes it even more so. And uh, we have to take tougher stands against China. And the intelligence committee and the intelligence community has to be aggressive in monitoring this. I would hope we're doing all we can to stop those intercepts coming uh, in and out of Cuba, to do all we can to uh, uh, disrupt those communications, to prevent them. But uh, we can't let our guard down. And there's many issues we have. We have Russia, we have China, we have Iran, we have you know the entire Middle East, and we have Islamist terrorism, but the evil still is out there. So we have to... Stay busy. Instead, we're getting diverted in all these side issues like impeachment and others and impeachment and uh, uh, prosecuting former presidents. We should be focused on enemies. And unfortunately, we have a lot of them. Yeah. And by the way, for the record, too, I also was watching Mike uh, Pompeo earlier today, who, of course, uh, we know here on the show, good friend of the show. Uh, he came out. He was the secretary of state under Trump. And he said it is hogwash that there was no knowledge of any Chinese spy station because, the you know, John Kirby at the White House today was like, oh, Trump's people knew about it. He said that is I'm putting it nicely. Uh, BS. <laughs> well, well I, I, I sat next to Mike Pompeo on the on the intelligence committee. He is incredibly intelligent. He was number one in his class at West Point. He knows what he's doing. And if he says that, I believe Mike Mike Pompeo implicitly. Yeah, I agree too. I, I mean, think they don't pay Admiral Kirby enough. No, <laughs> no. The, 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 the guy answer, I the, the guy I trust 110 percent is Congressman Peter King. You told a story where you walked out of the intelligence. We're not going to name names. Walked out of the intelligence meeting, and you came upstairs, and you told what happened. And one of the Democratic people that was next to you came up and told a completely false story. I think he already named the name. No, right? no, 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 I'm not going to answer. No, not, you don't have to repeat no it. No names. I think no, we know. No, it was absolutely. Uh, first of all, 
we have to be careful what we say even coming out of the committee at all. So you have to word it in such a way you're not giving anything up. Secondly, but you, you were Democrats actually lying, telling phony stories about what they heard about Russian collusion. If you heard what we heard, and it was never anything heard at all. This was a lie from beginning to end. It's one thing if you want to have different interpretations of facts. There were no facts to begin with. And the, it was the Democrats, the, of all the committees in Congress, the Intelligence Committee was probably the most bipartisan until uh, 2016, 2017, 2018, when they decided their goal was not to protect the country, but to get Donald Trump. You know, it reminded me, um, and John, remember last week we were talking about this, after they saw, when the House Oversight Committee actually saw, and the leading members actually at that point saw the document, the Biden document, the 1023 with the FBI informant, we heard like two totally different versions, Peter. It was probably deja vu for you, because James Comer came out and said one thing, Jamie Raskin came out right. and said one thing, and uh, now we're hearing from Bill Barr, who, right. who is definitely no friend of Donald Trump, no. And he has come out and basically confirmed what Comer has said, that it was true that, yes, there was some alleged scheme that needed to be looked into. And ironically, whatever Bill Barr says critical of Donald Trump gets headlines and the media runs with it. This, to me, is very significant. When he said, no, that investigation was not ended. It was an active investigation, totally going against what the Democrats are saying. And Bill Barr, I have a great respect for Bill Barr for everything he said and done. And I certainly agree with him on that. If he's saying, again, he's like Mike Pompeo. If he says it, I, I, I believe it. Just like among Democrats. If Joe Lieberman said it, I believed it. Yeah, absolutely. Judge Weinberg? Well, let me change gears. General, I want to ask you a question. There's a new offensive going on in Ukraine, a new counteroffensive. What do you think is going to happen there? Yeah, so I appreciate that question. Clearly, in these first five days or so of the counteroffensive, there haven't been any definitive outcomes. The Russians aren't crumbling. But one thing that the Kremlin said that is interesting to pay attention to is an acknowledgement that the Ukrainians still have offensive potential. And I think Zelensky has a surprise, a surprise up his sleeve of something that's more grandiose than what we've seen in the last few days. And I'm looking forward to seeing how that rolls out. What do you think he's going to do? Um, because obviously the Russians are seem to be stepping up efforts. Uh, obviously, we saw the allegations surrounding the dam, the big flooding. Where, How difficult do you think the next few months? I mean, because an offensive is a difficult initiative. It is. I think there's some indication that there is uh, brittleness within the Russian forces. And I think Zelensky needs to do something akin to shock and awe, which is attack in multiple areas. Uh, very aggressively from multiple domains and see indeed if some of that brittleness can come to fruition and the Ukrainians can really make some progress there. Yeah, it's going to be wild to see what happens. Um, and of course, uh, Zelensky coming out. Um, where do you see all these all these other things going, you know, uh, General, with all the stuff we just talked about with Burisma and all these other things? How complicated does that make it on a on a foreign policy perspective? Well, I think that it's very clear that the world is a dangerous place. We are a world power and we have the capability to handle multiple regions of the world and multiple challenges at the same time. We've always got to prioritize our homeland, but we also have to get our government's act together so that we are functioning in acknowledgement of these very dangerous situations that are going on around the world. Well, General, thank you for calling in and thank you for bringing the American people up to date. Now, what they gave me the name, the nickname Dragon. How did you get the nickname Dragon? John, that's a great question. Typically, in your first assignment as a fighter pilot, you do enough stupid things so that you can get a name that sounds cool. <laughs> that's a good name. <laughs> and I'll leave it at that. It's a cool-sounding name. It has to do with Zergos, Spain, and nuclear weapons, and I'll end it there. 
Understood. We'll catch up with you again real soon. And I understand on the line is uh, America's mayor, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Let's go to Rudy Giuliani. Rudy, you there? Good. Rudy, what the heck is going on? Wow. We got a new police commissioner, it looks like. Yeah, that was sudden, wasn't it? Very sudden. Maybe one or two days warning, but there wasn't much. Usually usually you get a lot of leaking and a lot of turmoil beforehand. Um, very surprising that so quickly, right? Yeah, what's your reaction, Rudy, too? I mean, it's it's obviously it's it's difficult for the city. I mean, when you have a transition like this, this is this is surprising. I think that he was a uh, um, a precinct uh, captain when you were mayor. Yeah, yeah, I'm more I'm more um, I'm more sort of confused about why why the change right now. I mean, it seems like things are going a little better right now than they were. I, mean, I could see this a couple of months ago. I think I think the selection is a good one. I mean, a, a solid professional selection. You're talking about uh, uh, Eddie Caban. I'm, who? Wondering, I'm wondering about why the change. What, what's the what's the reason? Hey, Rudy, this is Pete King. Rudy, this is Pete. I've heard from some people behind the scenes that it's because if she went ahead and authorized the, the trial or the departmental hearing of uh, uh, Chief of Department Madry, and that the uh, mayor didn't want that, and that she well, by doing that that was like the last straw. I don't know if that's true or not, but that, that's what I'm hearing from a number of top cops. What happened? Did she got what? Yeah, explain it to our listeners. The chief of the department was, was recommended because of various things he was accused of that there be a departmental hearing. And apparently the mayor did not want it to go ahead. The commissioner went ahead and has ordered the hearing anyway. That's what I'm hearing. Wow. What, what, your reaction, Rudy? Well, that could be. I mean, that would, that, that would, uh, that would certainly <laughs> you challenge what the mayor wants to do. I kind of remember. You remember the, you remember the fact that the, mayor, the mayor was the boss. <laughs> he remembers yeah, that well. Sometimes, sometimes that, you know, it's a little like, uh, it's a little like Truman and, 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 MacArthur, uh, MacArthur. and MacArthur, you know? A little yeah, bit like, uh, like, uh, Rudy and, uh, and somebody and, else. And, I, I wasn't going to say that, but, you know, <laughs> there's only one mayor. And the mayor, in fact, is the commanding officer of the police department. He is. The, the mayor, the, the, the police department is a mayoral agency, reports only to the mayor. And the police commissioner may think he's the final authority in the police department, but he's not. The mayor is. I, I guess Bill Bratton found that out. Well, you don't need to out. you don't need to go to politics. All you have to do is put on CBS on Friday nights, Blue Bloods, and see exactly the struggle between the mayor and the, yeah. the police commissioner. Isn't that right, Mr. Mayor? Yeah, it's civilian authority, civilian control, and, you know, it should be that way. It should be, but again, so, again, I, I give her credit for doing what she thought had to be done, and she's resigning. She's not fighting it, yeah. uh, but she thought that it was important that this be done to maintain the integrity of the department. Yeah, I mean, it's a clean break, and let's see what happens. It looks like a pretty good choice, so let's see what happens. Yeah, hey, um, um, well, let's go back to Washington. That's what I was just That's about the to reason go, we, John. we put you on because <laughs> yeah, of Washington. Washington. What the heck is going on? And not even Washington, Miami. Tomorrow at 3 o'clock uh, is uh, the arraignment oh, for President God, Trump. I wow, could... Rudy. Yeah, that still has me depressed just thinking of the idea that we're doing that. I mean, there's no, whatever, however you want to take these charges apart, and I, I think I can do a pretty good job of taking them apart. Uh, this is not the right thing to do. To bring a case against a president or an ex-president, the facts have to compel it. In other words, it has to be so bad 
You have no other choice, which is sort of the wisdom of Ford pardoning Nixon. And it's got to be so bad that you're letting him get away with literally or figuratively murder. Well, this was not murder. Whatever this was, it's a dispute over documents. And frankly, no harm, no foul. Nobody got hurt. I got interviewed by ABC television before. And I said, I can swear on 10,000 Bibles that that uh, 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 President Trump did not turn over no high crimes and misdemeanors. He didn't he he is not committed any treason. He didn't give the Russians anything. He didn't give the Chinese anything. The Russians feared him. The Chinese feared him. The North Koreans respected him. I mean, there was no there was nothing. I mean, whom do you trust more to deal with the Chinese? President Trump or or President Biden? Well, I'll no ask every it, American. I'll ask every American out there. Whom do you trust yeah, I mean, more to deal with the Chinese, uh, President Trump or President Biden? Full stop. And, I, and I, I would say that this is something that probably everybody, every president in the last 50 years who's left office has done. Presidents, presidents show people classified material. <laughs> they just do. They talk about classified well, things. President Nixon showed human. President Nixon showed Gleason uh, an alien, supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> Rudy, you can reply to that one, not me. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm crying, Rudy. I'm laughing so hard. When you when you when you read it and you listen to how he was showing the reporter that he was right and the general was wrong. You realize that every president has done something like this. Uh, I mean, I can think I work for President Trump, uh, for, 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 President, uh, <laughs> for President Reagan, rather. And President Reagan was so talkative and so open. And I'm sure there were times in which classified material came out. Part of the reason is we classify every damn thing there is. So it's like, you know, crying wolf. You uh, you forget because the material is not that important. That that discussion about the general and General Milley had been in the newspapers. That's right. And, oh, and Rudy, going? that's that's one of those tape recordings, too, that they're kind of claiming like, oh, it's some big exclusive. You're right. It was already out there in the public. Yeah, it was, it's something we knew. So, I mean, okay, it was still a classified, technically, it's still a classified document. Technically, you're not supposed to show it. But you might tend to not even remember that once it's been out there in the newspapers. You remember, my goodness, I remember talk, hearing about hearing about it in the press. Yeah, I can discuss it with him. So the point that I'm making is whether technically he violated something or not, this isn't something that we indict a president over. Particularly, especially a, a presidential where, opponent to the current president, yeah, and and John, the leading presidential opponent, overwhelmingly. I mean, it's clear that's his opposition. I mean, remember, they're turning into that, a third although, world country. It is. It's amazing, Rudy, and that's embarrassing. Like it is. I agree with you, John. They don't like to be reminded of this, but there is an allegation that about fifty percent of the American people believe that he fixed the last election. So, I mean, that's a hell of a thing 
This is the president. No, well, Biden. you know, let me tell you something. I'll give you this. I wouldn't use the word fixed. I'm, I, I can't use that word. But when uh, Facebook spent, I uh, got the owner, $500 million. Yeah, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Zuckerberg yeah. in five states. It, it collecting votes in, in, in an unsecure manner. He didn't break any law, but $500 million in five states to me well, what about, doesn't pass the And what about test. Hunter Biden too, John? I mean, they remember they suppressed yeah, the Hunter Biden story. You know, they hunted well, that's, you know. that, that's more important. It seems to me that's more, Mr. Mayor, it's Richard Weinberg. It seems to me that's more important. They totally suppressed a story that could have turned votes around. Yeah, because people came out afterwards, and, judge, and, and was, said, I would have voted differently had right. I known that that's information right. was true. Yeah. I mean, that's not – put the, put the truth like out there. It looks like doing it again. Yeah, but, you know, it looks like but I, doing it again. Yeah, but let me tell you what I think is very interesting. Holder has just come out and said that if Trump is elected, he should be impeached. Imagine – This a, is what they're doing. Is It's the big lie. If you tell a lie enough times – People stop believing it. Right. And if you say, oh, we're not doing it, only they are. It's like, I, I mean, that, come yeah, on. This is crazy. It is. A double standard. I mean, be fair. That's, and that's what I know, John, you believe that's in, what, too. Be all fair. All I want is fair, you know, truth, justice in the American way. That's all I'm asking. For. Yeah, be balanced. And that's what, Rudy, people are looking at this. And, and I've had many friends on all sides of the political aisle, John, in the last, like, 48 hours going, this is what you're going to indict a president on federal charges the first time in American history. I mean, it it seems it seems insane what as they haven't done anything with Biden. George is what do you next. think happens in Georgia now? George is next. Yeah, George is next. The woman already said, Are they uh, really prepare. Do it? I mean, if you're going to have three indictments. I mean, the man will be dead before he serves all that time. I and mean, it's ridiculous. They're just going to keep on going. They're just going to keep on going. Congressman King, you're very quiet. Yes. No, listen to what Rudy was saying. As you know, he's trying to track down the commissioner, too. But no, listen, I I agree with Rudy. This is, uh, listen, I think that you can well find that uh, there's a technical violation of the law here. There should never ever indicted a president of the United States based on this, especially when you're trying to convince the American people that there's, uh, that the law applies to everyone. And we've seen what's going on with the Bidens and the fact that they're going after Trump to me is totally wrong. So, Rudy, I'm with you. Rudy, we're with wow. you. Yep. Well, we'll see what happens Rudy, tomorrow, guys. Rudy, thank you guys. for calling in, and thank you. Uh, thank you. Great and what show. Do we, what do we all stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American, American way. way. God bless America.